Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K. Radio on Twitter, where today on the podcast, I want to talk about the unsung heroes of the Denver Broncos and this season. Look, the season has not gone exactly how they would like, and certainly there are high-profile players that have played better than others. And, and I want to highlight the ones who generally get lost in the shadows or those who don't get as much love, you know, particularly, look, on offense with guys like... Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, they're getting all the love. Okay, on defense, it's the Vaughn Millers, it's the Chris Harris Juniors, the Justin Simmons. There are other guys on this team and this roster that uh, have really performed very, very well that I want to get to today on the podcast and, and talk about why they have been successful and why they are potentially going to be successful for the Denver Broncos in the future. But first, our friends over there at Tab 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Of course, you go on over there to Tap 14, and even in the cold, the rooftop is heated. So keep that in mind. Rooftop heated over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. And of course, go check out uh, Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com. Tap14.com. All right, uh, unsung heroes for the Denver Broncos. This has been a year of unfortunate disappointments, but there's a lot of players who are not household names that are making plays every single week. And I want to start with one that, look, I may guess I'm going to eat a little bit of crow here. Uh, I was not a huge fan of letting River Craycraft go to bring in Deontay Spencer. And it's not because of what Deontay Spencer brought or didn't bring. It's the fact that River Craycraft was a reliable option. Well, it's turned out that Deontay Spencer is a pretty darn good kick returner and, and punt returner as well, too. And this is a guy who has, gosh, how many times have you jumped out of your couch and said, oh, he was that close, right? It feels like he is one broken tackle away from a house call, and it feels like he's going to get one this year. This is a kick returner who has not muffed a punt yet, uh, not muffed a kick. At least I don't remember one that, that made a major impact. And quite frankly, I would like to see the Denver Broncos work Deontay Spencer more into the offense. You know, those sweeps that involve Noah Fant, uh, the tight end uh, running the football, not so much. Scangarello would love to see Deontay Spencer out in open space not Noah Fant. Deontay Spencer in open space because he's speedy, versatile, uh, good acceleration, agility. Not Noah Fant because he's slow, lumbers, and quite frankly, really wasn't built around the football. That's just my opinion, though. Deontay Spencer, not Noah Fant on those little run sweep deals. But anyways, getting back to it, uh, Deontay Spencer has been a nice piece for them. And look, they, 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 Rich Gangarello said earlier in the season they were going to try to in, involve him more in the offense. And then they started to on a weekly basis. And then it kind of stopped the moment Joe Flacco left the building with the idea that, 
Uh, Brendan Allen, Drew Locke were going to come in, and I think you wanted to simplify the offense a little bit more. You didn't want to have that maybe extra wrinkle or that extra uh, opportunity to uh, get something crossed or, you know, again, simplifying the playbook to where maybe that's what pushed Deontay Spencer out of the offense, but would like to see Deontay Spencer back into it and and maybe more involved in much more of a basis. Uh, Particularly back also on that offense. You know, the offensive lines took a lot of heat this year from – Garrett Bulls and you know the holding saga and false starts and allowed sacks been a bad year. Ron Leary, not that much better. And Juwan James, the right tackle situation has been a nightmare. But I tell you what, the solidification and, and Dalton Reisner gets a lot of praise. So I'm not talking about Dalton Reisner. I'm talking about Connor McGovern. Let's flash you back to let's see training camp. July, August, when Connor McGovern and Joe Flacco had constant snap issues. Uh, It was maturely, if I remember correctly, under center. Although I did see a couple out of the shotgun that were, it's like, you don't want that. Constantly having snap issues. And the moment the regular season came around, Connor McGovern snapped right out of it. And he should deserve a little bit of praise for that. And quite frankly, blocking-wise, he's been all right. Certainly he's not the best center in the league, but you know what? He's not the worst either. And took a lot of praise in the idea that he's going to correct his job and what needs to be done for the regular season, and he did it. And he should get a, a, a pat on the back for that because, you know what, this is a guy who I think a lot of people were worried about before the season started. And the moment the season started, never botched a snap, and then at least not an important one, and really has gotten to the point now where nobody even focuses in on him. And that's a good thing, because if you're Connor McGovern, uh, that is a position that I think ideally, if you're the Denver Broncos, you don't want to touch in the offseason because of the fact that you got to look at another wide receiver. And you got to look at another offensive lineman. Quite frankly, probably two or three. And you got some holes on defense to fix. Who's staying? Who's leaving? Like, there's there's a lot of stuff going on for this Denver Broncos defense. They do not want to be dealing with an offensive side of things, that offensive line, that is arguably their second best position on the offensive line after the left guard. Like, it's, or excuse me, the right guard. It's like. I just I don't think Denver wants to touch that, and I think Connor McGovern has not given them a reason to. So a, certainly a nice little um, change that that we haven't talked about a lot with Connor McGovern in his game. That whatever he did with Joe Flacco, either just get more comfortable with each other or changed how he delivered it. Certainly, look as funny as it is, because people are going to think, well, it's just snapping a football. It's like no, it's not. There's so many moving parts and intricates to it, and there's an actual exchange of the football on every single play, and it's a big, big deal, and certainly can be disaster. And it's only highlighted when a bad thing happens. But you know what? We should highlight when the good happens, when he adjusts to the point to where the Denver Broncos do not have to worry about that anymore. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just hop, skip it, and jump away from Coors Field. All right, for the defensive side of things, look, there's a lot of awards that we can give out. Chris Harris Jr., Justin Simmons, you know, those are easy ones. Even Alexander Johnson, to the point, uh, is a bit of an easy one. And maybe Mike Purcell is an easy one as well, too. But I've got to give a shout-out to Mike Purcell, who has come in and been an absolute rock for them, an unsung hero for this Denver Broncos team who, look, Mike Purcell in training camp preseason or uh, whenever he first came onto the roster, I don't even remember, it was, it was, it was very under the radar. 
Nobody knew who he was. Media-wise, I do not listen to anybody who said, oh, yeah, I knew who Mike Purcell was. No, you didn't. You didn't know who he was. Nobody did. Nobody knew who this guy was. He comes off the street and becomes a rock-solid option. I believe, what was it, week three, week four is when finally they replaced Adam Gatsas with him, and he has been that that guy in the middle that they so badly have needed for so long, and the defense just looks so different from him. If I remember correctly, it was it Purcell who left um, in the game where the Broncos allowed like 150, 200 years? Was it the Leonard Fournette game, something like that? No, that, that might have been the game that actually triggered the change. And Regardless, the point being... Mike Purcell has been a tremendous rock for that defensive line and certainly uh, somebody who I think deserves a lot of praise. And and look, maybe the defensive line in general should get a shout-out because let's be honest, when you, back in preseason, back in week one, when you said, hey, where are the strengths for this Denver Broncos team? On defense. Okay, you're talking about the secondary with a blossoming Justin Simmons, with uh, Chris Harris Jr. All, we all thought it was going to be Bryce Callahan, but quite frankly, there was a lot of people excited for that secondary. And then, of course, you talk about the pass rush, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, and what they're going to be able to do. Nobody ever talked about the defensive line. But you know what? It's Derek Wolf having a career season, Shelby Harris having a tremendous season, and it's, unfortunately it's over uh, for Derek Wolf, who, uh, of course, dislocated his elbow in the win against the Chargers. But then it's Mike Purcell and those guys in the line who have just done a tremendous job this year who really I don't know if they've gotten truly the credit that they deserve. So a big shout-out uh, to that change. And maybe a shout-out to Vic Fangio for making that change because, look, there was no reason or no valid history that said maybe you should put in Mike Purcell instead of Adam Gatsas outside of what he knew. And you know what? Vic Fangio said, uh, it's very clear to me that Mike Purcell's the better player for what we're trying to do. And he inserts Mike Purcell in it, and then bam, the defense is nine times better right off the bat. And uh, major credit to Vic Fangio as well, too. My last little shout-out, and maybe this is a more recent one, is Jeremiah Tachu, who, look, this is a different Broncos team that linebacker-wise, they are getting really really thin. Of course, Von Miller sitting out the Chargers game. Uh, Bradley Chubb gone for the year. Uh, They have had injuries. It's basically Todd Davis and Atachu. Atachu has been up and down, make no mistake, but against Buffalo had a nice game. Nice little game. And Maybe more importantly, just a mindset that he showed that he's not afraid to stick his helmet in there. And I really appreciate that. Is the idea that, look, this guy could be a, a this is bottom-of-the-barrel stuff for the Denver Broncos at linebacker. I mean, they really are at their kind of last lines at linebacker. I think they only had two active guys like midway through the game against the Chargers. And yet still, they were very effective. And look, there are certainly going to be times where uh, you see the deficiencies. Make no mistake, we're not talking about Pro Bowl players here, but Atachu has been a guy who's come in in depth and kind of helped them out. And so uh, certainly a great game against Buffalo. And, uh, look, they're going to look for more great games out of him moving forward in the future because uh, they certainly need it, uh, the Denver Broncos at least, who are dealing with just injuries left and right at the linebacker position. Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. All right, uh, my number one unsung hero when I come back. That's next. Of course, it's the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just hop, skip, and jump away from Coors Field. All right, my number one unsung hero is a guy that unfortunately just could not 
stay on the field, but boy, this team looks so different when he does, and that's Andy Janovich. Janovich has been a rock for this team in the offense that they want to run. Look, a lot of eye formation with that zone blocking, and they need that fullback, and it's so unfortunate to see the year that Janovich had from the injuries, and then, of course, the gruesome one most recently that uh, is now going to keep him out for the year. Janovich is such a rock for them and a great, great player. and Very well deserved the contract that he received. I expect Janovich to come back even better next year. Uh, this is a guy who, look, fullbacks, they don't get a lot of love. Okay, They do not get a lot of love. And it's a bit unfortunate because they're the kind of the road graders that pave the way for Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman to get so much love or simply hold off that extra blitzer so that Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, whoever may be the quarterback, is getting the time to throw the football to Cortland Sutton to make a great play. Janovich is that guy who is not afraid to stick his nose in there, and you know what? Uh, he deserves a lot of credit for it. You never talk about the fullbacks, uh, unfortunately, in football. Uh, generally until they do something bad. Uh, you know what? Let's give him a shout-out because he played very, very well this year, and it's unfortunate that the year ended so early as it did for him because, you know what, he was uh, playing very well, and he was springing a lot of big runs for Philip Lindsay in that running offense. And you've kind of seen, I don't want to say a muted Philip Lindsay, but over the last couple weeks, has the run game really kind of stood out to you? Has it really kind of, you know, looked dominant? Hasn't. It's maybe the one common factor here. The offensive line's basically been the same. I guess I suppose the quarterback's been a little different, but the quarterback really isn't a threat in the Broncos' offense. The difference is Andy Janovich, and his lack of presence there is a direct reflection, I think, of the running attack that is a bit muted. I don't want to say it's bad, but it's a bit muted. It's you know in the mid threes when it comes to rushing average that was more in the four and a half five range when Andy Janovich was on the field he is a major loss to the Denver Broncos so Broncos Blitz podcast our unsung hero edition of the podcast if you have a particular unsung hero that you want to give a shout out to be sure to tweet me at Ronnie K Radio that's at R O N N I E the letter K Radio on Twitter and of course you could always tune into the radio show Monday through Friday seven a m Mountain Standard Time, so for you East Coast listeners, I know we have quite a few of you. That would be 9 a.m. Mountain uh, Eastern Standard Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, and of course locally here at Mile Sports and uh, Mile Sports FM 1047. Streaming on the web at MileHighSports.com, and of course the all-new MileHighSports mobile app. That's it for the uh, Broncos Blitz podcast. We can, of course, tune into previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast at MileHighSports.com. I want to say thanks to our friends over there at Tap14, as always, for supporting the program. We are all done, and I tell you what, we got a couple more spicy editions of the podcast. It's a daily edition of the podcast at MileHighSports.com. If you want to catch up on any news on the Broncos, whether it be uh, something off the field, on the field, injuries, breaking news, player profiles, interviews, discussions, the over there to milehighsports.com for all the info on the Broncos. That's milehighsports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.